Welcome back to the Terror Zone Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening, checking out this episode. Obviously, it's going to be a good one. We got Beast from Hate Inc. Here, he fucking stopped by my house for a little while to have this conversation. I appreciate him coming out of his way, you know, taking time on a Saturday morning to do this. <clears throat> Obviously, you know he's from Hate, Hate Inc., one of Detroit's toughest fucking bands from the 90s into the 2000s. Uh, there's a, a lot I can tell you, you know, here in the intro, um, but I would just like you... For you to hear some for 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 yourself and uh, just listen to the episode. Obviously, there's myths and legends and horror stories about the 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 early Detroit scene and people involved, and you know it's it's all it's all based on perspective, I suppose. But when I was first getting into hardcore, and you and you hear about you know, cold as life and Hey Inc. and Ian, you know, people are part of that group. As a 17, 18 year old, impressionable young man, you think, like, oh my god, these are the boogeymen. I'm so fucking, like, what am I doing? Like, like who are these people? But somehow, you're oddly attracted and, and admire it, which I always have. And I, when you look at it, they are just hardcore dudes doing hardcore shit in a hardcore scene and if you expect anything less you're out of your mind um i i used to say hey ink was fucking scary music made by scary people and uh as you grow older and you start figuring out life and you know the hardcore scene and there's just everybody has hate and pain and anger and angst and music is is just another way to you know help express and uh rid those fucking demons and it's artistic and creative and uh in a sense wearing their hearts on their sleeves and i just want to thank tom aka beast for uh, doing this and there's a million more questions I could possibly ask and fucking pick your brain on things that probably you don't remember or don't give a fuck about but it's just fun to have conversations and and talk about shit and uh it was really cool um I don't think it could have gone better I maybe missed some questions but uh oh yeah dude I want to talk about fucking Charles Manson so bad but we were, uh, you know, it's moving quite along, man. We got to keep the conversation fun and exciting. And I hope it was that for you guys. Anybody who listens to this, uh, fucking interesting conversation. So, with that being said, and everything, you know, Hate Inc. being based on the city of Detroit and uh, lots of uh, the uh, experiences and, and, uh, with the violence and, and the homicides, and the rape, and the prostitution, and the drugs, all within the city of Detroit. You know, City of Disgust, the song by them. It's, uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's all there in the lyrics. You gotta fucking read that shit. But Hey Inc., 
definitely paints the best picture of the realness and the grit of the city and what a lot of people have experienced and still do experience to this day. And um, it's eye-opening, you know, to talk about this shit. And uh, with the, you know, in the 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, the racial segregation and the riots and the arson and just the uh, socioeconomic fucking downward spiral that um, even continues today. And with the, the with the whites leaving and, you know, the black population rising and, you know, um, the Arab, you know, shop owners moving in and, and just so much racial tension over the years. And it, you know, the cops not giving a fuck, a corrupt um, uh, political system within the city itself just totally turned the city over on its fucking head. And somehow you know, certain parts of the city are... Are, are rising f- from the ashes, but there's lots of, um, lots of, uh, I don't know the word, fucking poorness going on in the city. But I digress. I'm rambling here. Just uh, check out the episode. Also, um, uh, the mission of this, the podcast is... Also, Beast wanted to spread the word that eventually, hopefully soon, he's going to be uh, reissuing a couple of the Hate Inc. albums and dropping some merch, which will be interesting. I'm excited. I can't wait to help you know promote that and support that idea. Uh, and anybody who's interested, you know, listen to this episode and fucking reach out if you gotta if you gotta connect or want to help out in any type of way. That would be fucking cool to get some uh, Hate Inc. merch, some OG Hate Inc merch out there back in this scene you know everybody wants a piece of that shit everybody wants to be a fucking tough guy but guess what you gotta be a tough guy to wear tough guy shit so come uh out to september 9th at the sanctuary once again fucking breaking your ears with my with uh the summer's end in the d uh never ending game d block hold my own a constraint Whoever the fuck else I booked, I say it so many times that uh, I just forget about it. But September 9th, um, 15 in advance, 18 at the door. Come one, come all. You have to show Beast how hard you mosh, unless you can't buy a shirt. So with that being said, (sighs) Detroit Hardcore for life, motherfucker. All right, um, I gotta get on my notes because I've been typing all this shit in my phone. There's a lot. There's a lot we gotta cover here, man. You've been around fucking forever, so it's important that we do this right. You said I got one shot, <laughs> like Eminem. Yeah, yeah, like Eminem. Um, well, obviously, I want to thank you for you taking the time to do this. Um, you know, Detroit hardcore oh, yeah. has uh, has been around a long time. You know, fucking long time showgoer. You fucking helped build the scene over the years. Um, obviously in Hate Inc. Done a lot of shit. You've been a part of a lot. Um, good, bad, ugly, for all the fucking above. So <laughs> you raise that eyebrow. Say yeah, that's fucking right. Um, but uh, thank you again. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember when I first 
heard about like Hate Inc. and CTYC and Cold as Life and shit. And that was back in probably uh, 2004, 2005. Um, and the first time I ever seen you guys, I believe, was uh, Agnostic Front Full Blown Chaos show. Did you guys do that one at Alvin's? Yes. Yeah, you guys played that show when uh, Jeff was still in the band before I think he switched over to fucking Ramallah. Or, I don't know if you guys did it. He, did... Uh, yeah, he popped in, in and out a couple times after that even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember just like, because I don't even think, I think maybe I seen like throw down like Walls of Jericho at Alvin's, yeah. but I, I never seen uh, Agnostic Front there. I seen them. I would hate breed at Harpo's one time, but I remember. Yeah, that was a good show. Um, I think Jamie came out and did a song from Hate Breed. Yeah, yeah. you said. Yeah, right. um, but I remember uh, just like some people telling me they're like, you might be unaware about you know CTYC and the Tattoo Boys and shit. Uh, so they're like, you see a bunch of guys there just stay the fuck out of their way. They were like, it's like a myth and like a legend. Like you guys, I was like, I'm sure you're aware. You know, people, you know, were like. Well, don't fuck with those guys. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we had, you know had a little bit of an impact. I would, I would think, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're just friends, man, and you know, just like a lot of the other cliques and crews, yeah, and, you know, uh, hanging out, you know, yeah, and uh, I mean, as a seventeen-year-old, you guys were in your fucking thirties, but by then, I'm sure, or late twenties to mid thirties, as like a young fucking kid, like it can be uh, pretty intimidating for. for for a youngster, but uh, when you get to know those guys, you start coming around more. Seems like yeah, hanging out like anybody else, fucking minding your business, having a good time, which was uh, refreshing to see. Because when people are like, "Oh, fucking you know, CTYC and the coldest life people," <laughs> like, it's like, what the fuck am I getting into here? But well, I mean, you know, that's been going on a long time. I mean, since the beginning of of hardcore, really. I mean, the the clicks, you know, all the friends together. And, the crews or whatever like that you know what i mean people they stick together and um you know a long time like when i was coming up you know uh it was the same thing it was like the sids and uh you know the the west side boot boys and uh you know the sterling skins and uh you know there's a there was a bunch of different crews and and clicks you know that people were aware of or looking out for or, or whatever um you know you just gotta you know what I'm saying? Plus, there was a lot of ego still probably to this day. I'm not really sure. I don't hang out much anymore. But, you know, when you're young and you're out of your mind and, you you know, you're just have, trying to have fun and mostly just being young. I mean, you're young and everybody's full of piss and vinegar and has an attitude problem. And, you know, in this kind of music, you know, uh, it's an angry, you know, thing. And, you, you know, everybody's getting their frustrations out or whatever. And, um so it was the same thing for me man you know like when i was a kid coming up there was you know the same thing yeah yeah i could imagine um and when did you start like going to shows was it were you going to anything before like hardcore and punk shows or is that just all you knew no um i the first concert i ever went to in my life i was a kid i went to see bob seeger Right fucking on. Uh, there you go. Shout out another Detroit. Yep, Bob Seger. Yep. <laughs> yep. And um, I think it was, uh, you know, some of my family members took me there. But no, first, you know, show I went to, uh, it was like uh, 1987. It had to be, it was at Blondie's. It was um, like Heresy and 
I'm not exactly sure. All or descendants. Holy shit. Herb Tarlicks or something like that. You know, it was a, it was a crazy hardcore show, man, at Blondie's. And um, yeah, I said, you know, this is this is what's up. But I was listening to to punk for years before that. You know, I was I got into it through uh, really through MTV. You know, to be honest, I yeah. mean, the good MTV. You know, when MTV first started, I, you know, I seen the very first, you know, broadcast or whatever you want to call it of MTV. And they were playing like some weird new wave shit or whatever. And, uh, you know, I was into it. You know what I mean? And they would play the the random live like Ramones or something like that. And um, and I was into that punk shit. But uh, what really did it was uh, my aunt. She was really into punk and she was involved in the scene she used to go to the na shows in the early 80s and stuff like that and um when i was a kid i would go in her room and go through her records you know and i seen the meat man i pulled that out i was like this is crazy you know the, the meat man record had a bunch of funny shit all over it and, <laughs> and i played it and it was wild and fast and 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 i was hooked man and i told her you know, I said, hey, can I borrow some of these records? She said, fuck no, you can't borrow none of these records, mm -hmm. but I'll make you a tape, you know? And that's what everybody did back in the 80s, you know, made tapes all the time. You know what I'm saying? So she made me a badass tape with uh, everything on it, man. Black Flag, N.A., uh, some local Angry Red Planet, local bands, N.A., uh, all types of shit was on there, Circle Jerks, whatever, and I wore that thing out. Oh, yeah. You know, it, so I'm talking like... You know, that was like 82, 83 or something. I had that tape. So I listened to that thing for a few years, man, until eventually the stereo ate it. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. All all cassettes had a fucking demise at, at a certain point, you know? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> shit. So, so you were listening to that shit like 82, 83, 84, but you went to Blondie's in 87. Is that uh? Yeah. Did you... Did you go by yourself, or was it with your aunt? Is that how you started meeting everybody? You know, I went with uh, a friend. Of, actually, I went with um, a dude named John Shemansky uh, in Detroit. They call him Johnny Hench. He's in the Henchmen. Okay. Uh, a rock and roll band. Uh, he was in a bunch of bunch of bands, Paybacks and whatever. And um, at the time, we were kind of living in the same area, um, and uh, we were into the BMX freestyle thing. And we were doing the freestyle thing on the BMX a lot. and um, But we were into music, and uh, he said, hey, you know, there's this show. Let's go check it out. So we went. And um, after I went that first time with him, I just started going, you know, randomly after that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and just from hanging out, you meet people, you know. Like, you know, I ended up meeting, you know, Dougie and Ron and jeff and roy and those guys and everybody else really yeah you fuck know. were you living in the city or just outside the city a little bit when you started going to shows when i started going no i wasn't living i was living deep on the east side in the suburbs at okay. the time yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and eventually you found your way over to where the real fucking trouble is huh? but i grew up in detroit i grew up at uh, six mile oh no shit huh. six mile and what crash it okay that's <laughs> not a great area and then from there i went into yeah. like the suburbs and then then i ended up moving back into the city i moved downtown uh you know later when i got older yeah yeah 
And were you listening to uh, and what your parents listening to if you were living with your parents? What kind of music were they playing in the household back in? Yeah, the when day? I was a kid, moms was always listening to the Motown. Right, something about sixties, seventies, or uh, early seventies. Yeah, se- yeah, seventies, mid seventies. You know, when I was a kid, she was listening to the Motown stuff a lot. So uh, that was kind of embedded in my musical, you know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get better than fucking Motown, dude. Like, it's legit good music, you know, to almost anybody. Motown, a lot of Michael Jackson. Yeah. She's mom like Michael Jackson. <laughs> there you go. Um, all that shit, you know, Anita Baker. Yeah, it's hard to like Michael Jackson now. He's a fucking weirdo. But once you hear his music, you're yeah, like, he's still got some good music. Yeah, you know I mean? it's but hard yeah, to... Uh, weirdo, for sure. <laughs> for sure, it's hard to separate, you know, the fucking... Whatever the fuck from his music. So he's a crazy person, but <laughs> he's got good music, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, um shit. So So when he started hanging out with those guys, Jeff and Roy and Dougie was uh were you in any bands or had they already started any bands before you met those guys? Like uh, the mattress rats and shit like that? Or was that uh all before you met them before they even started that? No, I met them after, you know. Um, I met them right probably when they changed their name to Cold as Life. I probably seen the Mattress Rats and just don't remember. Yeah, fuck. But uh, you know, it was it was probably 1990. I think is when I um, you know, started going to Cold as Life shows. So, <laughs> how were the shows then? Where they were at, like Blondies and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, were they? All around, but yeah. Yeah. Blondie's was the main spot. Okay. Was this, uh, so there's two locations at one point, right? Or, for Blondie's? Or or did it move? Or was there only one? Do I got this wrong? For Blondie's? Yeah. Yeah, Blondie's was, uh, seven and like basically Telegraph. And then, um, Roosevelt, who owned it, uh, sold it or whatever to John, who owns the token now. Okay. And John took it over. And then, Roosevelt started uh, Todd's on 7 and Van Dyke, or the Marquee. Okay. Damn, that's what deep in the hood, too, 7 and So Roosevelt was running that, and John was running the original Blondies. And then uh, as time went on or whatever, Roosevelt lost Todd's and disappeared for a while. And then John, you know, shut down Blondies in, like, 93, I think it was, or 4, and then was kind of gone for a while and then he opened up the token or started doing the token or, or whatever bought it whatever and then uh then roosevelt popped up shit man it must have been 10 12 years ago or something maybe maybe longer and opened up another blondies on fort street yeah i remember that one downtown mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um something happened there and it shut down and he was gone for a while and now he owns harpo's well, that's been fucking passed around over the years then, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. Harpo's, I mean, for anybody who's going to listen to this, probably mainly local people, but for the uh, the outsiders, Harpo's <laughs> is in, on the east side of Detroit, and one of the bigger venues is probably, probably the only place for Harpo's. It's big, yeah. It's yeah. A big place, yeah, they can hold probably, probably for 3,000 people in that fucking place to get them all packed in. I don't know. 2000. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is that Harpo's is is you're f- pressing your luck by fucking parking your car there. I mean, you know, there's a good chance you might get your shit broke into. You know. It's a dangerous area, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of craziness happened around that 
that area for sure. Um, it might be a little better now. I'm, I don't know, but, <sighs> uh, but back in the day it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even in the early 2000s, when I started going there, like, you know, people would give you tips on and go in there. Like you can literally pay a crackhead to hopefully sit there and watch your car. If you, if you want, they'll do it, you know, but I've never done it. Like, have a fucking crackhead just sit in front of your car and watch it. I don't know if that's a good idea. No, well, I mean, well, they say they got fucking security there, but they don't watch. <laughs> you know, uh, it's been good at times. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to believe that Roosevelt's doing a good job there, yeah. but I don't really know. I, good I, intentions. I, anyway. I went there a couple times since Roosevelt's had it, and uh, there, you know, it seemed okay. He, <laughs> it seemed like he had it going on all right. Yeah. Who got banned from Harbor? I know somebody got fucking banned from from Harbor. Was it you or was it no? I remember mm. hearing somebody got banned from there. It could have been somebody in one of the um, younger generations, but I know somebody out there had fu- mentioned on Instagram like, "Yeah, I haven't been to Harbor in fucking twenty years because I'm not allowed back, and they've had to miss everything." I don't know about that. I know a lot of people don't go no more um, because of uh, you know um, a, a friend uh, got killed in the parking lot or across the street. Uh, Steve Crass. Yeah. I you know, rest the in feisty peace. Feisty Cadavers, yeah. Feisty Cadavers, yeah. Yeah, yeah rest um, in peace. You know, he was leaving. Uh, it was a Motorhead show we were at, and um, I think even Speedball might have been on that gig. Um, but uh, he was leaving with some people, and I don't know, some kid came up, and, uh, you know, it didn't go good. Fuck, man. That's too bad. What year was that? 96. 96. Yeah, I mean, just goes to show that Detroit hasn't fucking changed. You know, it's been almost almost 30 years now, and anything can happen on that corner, you know, over there. Yeah, you got to be careful anywhere in Detroit, really. I mean. Yeah, fuck, man. You know. Shit, I mean, you used to live down, what, the Cass Corridor area? Is that where you started? You know, when you were living down there as a... As a young man, how was it down there? I heard it was fucked up back in the day. I was reading this article, and it was just explaining, like, how from, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, how the city and the population changed fucking dramatically based on the um, economy and you know, the auto, automotive business and a lot of shit that was uh, developed here. And as time went on, the like, jobs had shipped out of state or overseas, and... And the city had to leave, and it was like a, it was like a switch in the demographic, and uh, from you know, there's a lot of white like Polacks and Italians and shit like that who lived in Detroit. Then it switched, I don't know, a lot of Southern black folks started moving up, and it just, it just became, I don't know, just a crazy thing when <laughs> so everybody's poor and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what happened into the city. Everybody lost their jobs. And it was still like a racial segregation then, so it was fucking weird for people who live there. And, you know, it just never got better since the, fucking, the um, economy declined. And Well, Detroit's always been uh, heavily um, at odds racially. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just it's just truth. It's yeah. just the way it's always been yeah. here. I mean, you know... Um, after the riots or whatever the, in 67, 60, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, 
it didn't really make a comeback after that. You know what I mean? So I think that's where a lot of the reputation of Detroit come from because after the riots, everything got destroyed and everything like that. From there, there wasn't a big buildup, you know, to fix anything or whatever afterwards, really. So, you know, it was hard times for everybody, man. But I don't know. That's always kind of been there, you know, the, 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 the racial tension mm-hmm. in Detroit. Um, yeah. You know, most everywhere, really, but, you know, some parts more than others. But, um, yeah, but for me, living there, it wasn't, you know, in the cast, it wasn't bad. I mean, you know, you can't be a stranger, you know what I'm saying? You got to, you know. You know where you are. and Mind your P's and Q's and <laughs> make friends and, you know, be cool and just, you know. But it wasn't really all that bad. I mean, to be honest, um, it was pretty vacant, you know, when I was when I was there. Now it's kind of a different kind of a different place you know a lot of money has been generated into the city a lot more buildings a lot more businesses and housing and stuff like that a lot more people are moving in um a lot has changed down there you know uh to to bring people in and to make it a better city or whatever so it's kind of working you know what i'm saying gentrification Safe, but it's still Detroit. Short-lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's weird, though, because you can still walk, like, uh, downtown Detroit, and sometimes during fucking business hours not pass a single person. And it's like, I'm in the middle of fucking Detroit and not walk by anybody. But, like, a lot of the buildings are full. Yeah, but there was a time where, where you couldn't even walk down the street because there's so many fucking people. And then, you know, certain times of the year, I guess it could be just, like, fucking nobody's done. So it's like a ghost town in the middle of fucking Detroit. You know, you got like campus marshes and shit like that right there where you can go down in front of the the uh, fucking GM building. And you're like, and like, why is nobody down here? It's beautiful. but Yeah, back in the day, it was like that a lot, you know. Um, you'd be in the city walking around wherever or driving around, and there would be nobody, nobody around. You know, a lot of people were, were, you know, you know, hesitant on hanging out. You know <laughs> yeah. I mean? So, yeah, you never know what was going to fucking pop off. And uh, a lot of people thrived in that chaos and shit. Other people who were up to no good, you know, uh, um, it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, and when you think of Detroit in the 80s and 90s, what, what comes to mind is uh, Devil's Night, you know. Um, do you have any, uh, any memories of, of Devil's Night or anything like back in the when he lived in Detroit like shit fires I remember one time there was over like 600 fires in one fucking night well I when I first moved uh, into the cast my apartment um, I moved all my shit in and um, I don't know it was uh, getting getting ready to get get dark outside or whatever and I just moved all my stuff in. I was tired, and um, I laid down, and I passed out. And it was summer, so it was warm out. It was 80-something degrees outside. I pass out. I wake up in a pool of sweat. I'm, like, sweating like crazy, right? And I look up, uh, and the window had, like, this orange and red like glow to it you know Mm. i go what the hell's going on man so i get up and i look and it was like this abandoned garage or whatever directly behind my building oh was completely engulfed in flames (laughs) my first day i was there the first day welcome to the cast corridor yeah oh yeah that whole thing kind of and there was there was actually uh an engine house a fire fire station the next street over 
And this never showed up, probably. Never showed up. And then I had a buddy, <laughs> I, I had a buddy staying with me. He drove like a Dodge Omni, a little car. Yeah. And uh, it broke down or whatever, and he had it in the lot next to the building, mm. just sitting there, you know, uh, for like three months, you know, because it wasn't running. Yeah. And um, one day we come out, man, and all the tires are gone. The whole thing's up on blocks. No. Oh. By the way, I got my battery stolen out of my car like ten different times out of that lot. Oh, that's fucked up. Which sucked. But anyways, um, we were hanging out with uh, some friends. PT, John Hill, lived next door to us in the building next door. And we were on their balcony, and we were having a couple beers. And um, my boy Squid, uh, rest in peace, that was his car. And he said, uh, let's blow the car up, you know. So him and another dude, they made like a Molotov and, and, and threw it through the car blew it up or whatever and this thing was engulfed in flames for like three hours and like i said that that uh, fire station was across the street and they never came and put it out you know it, it had to be like three four hours after it was when they put it out it was completely charred crisp you know black yeah fuck that's overdone <laughs> you so. guys, well you know once it's broke down for so long and it's got nothing on it Gives a fuck. Might as well have a little but fun. But it was pretty funny. You know, especially in the area, you know, you can, at a certain time, you can just fucking do whatever you wanted. I remember, even in the early 2000s, I was more, I'm in a southwest area, but, uh, you know, just in any major city. Like, I remember going down to, like, the fucking street races and shit, and just everybody, there were 40, 50 cars, all the fucking cool cars, with the lights and the engines, and just hundreds of people fucking you know, lined up along the fucking street and just watching... And drag races and fucking drinking beer and doing blow, whatever the fuck you want, and acting crazy. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Detroit was fucking wild. I'm sure I'm sure that's still happening. It has to still be happening today. I'm sure there was a race last night. You know, but, uh... Whatever. I guess you just fall out of that fucking wild life, huh? I mean, some people do it like, you know, Enzo uh, does them races or whatever i think at Milan. yeah he's on a track <laughs> you know i'm talking about people down fucking you know mcgraw and fucking wagner and liver yeah. and shit you know that's uh i work with a guy that drags cars all the time that's cool i don't know a lot about cars but... tracks and he like does it for, you know makes money and shit yeah like, legitimately doing it <laughs> legitimately yeah i mean some people do it as a hobby like enzo he fucking he loves cars he loves working on cars and all that shout shit. out to enzo. enzo dogs of war yeah yeah <laughs> You can hear all their new shit. It's everywhere, and you can buy their CD as well. Don't want to forget to f drop that. Um, That's good stuff, too. It's good music, man. It is. I'm glad they, uh, you know, put something together. It's, fuck, it's talked about it for years and finally came to fruition, and I'm glad it did. Hopefully they'll be having a show eventually, uh, you know, like a, an album release show. That'd be... I was a little disappointed, actually, uh, if you're listening, bro. Um, there's a lot of music, I think, that probably should have been on there because i got i got some discs that he gave me a long time ago man with a bunch of different stuff on it man so i i'm sure they have enough music to make another another disc yeah. another record you know or whatever that hasn't been released you know yeah i mean fuck is there any unreleased uh any hate ink out there that hasn't yeah as a matter of fact um i recorded uh, we recorded with me and Enzo and uh, Jesse and and Jake. We recorded uh, like an EP's worth of music that I never put out that I would like to put out. I'm gonna, you know, I really want to do that. Um, it's pretty good, man. Uh, 
Yeah, and I want to release um, the records, uh, you know, Clockwork and uh, Fraternal. I want to put those out on vinyl. So anybody um, who hears this, any, yeah, if anybody don't wants jump to help me time, release it, but that would be fucking awesome. To have otherwise, I'm just gonna do it on my own. But yeah, I uh, <laughs> I want to put those out. I've been wanting to do that for a long time, which is one of the main reasons why you know I'm here is yeah. because I wanted to promote that I'm gonna be putting out uh, merch, some shirts, and uh, I want to put out those records. Um, I've been wanting to do that for a long time, so. Um, you know, I came into, uh, shout out to Craig Holloway, man. He, he called me up and he said, you know, I got these other records I didn't know I had for, uh, the Life of Pain vinyls. He sent them over to me, man. And, um, I still got a few of those. I'm going to do, uh, another, uh, variant cover. It's going to be the original CD cover. And, uh, I'm going to have a lot of extras in there, uh, of the original lineup that recorded that, that Life of Pain music. Which was me and Jeff G and uh, Emery, Fat Emery War. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And um, William Hart. So we're going to, you know, I'm going to put a bunch of pictures and stuff in there, extras, like a fold out thing, and have like a very, there's only like 60 of them. So it's going to be like a rare deal. Very cool, man. That's fucking awesome. And, you know, Hey Inc. over all the years, uh, Oh, you guys f- put in work as a band. You know, you just got to be honest. You guys did a lot of fucking shows. Yeah, we you... were together, I don't know, 15 years or something? Yeah, so, it's fu- so you know, whatever you do, it's fucking well-deserved, you know, to put it out. You've re-released it. A lot of people, I'm sure, would be interested in having a copy of Fraternal on vinyl, you know? Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I mean, because, you know, a lot of kids, they haven't heard it, you know? A lot of new generation stuff like that. Yeah. You know, especially uh, being inactive and not really having any kind of, um, you know, website or anything like that or whatever, you know. A lot of music, you know, um, that deserves to be heard, you know. And I tell people all the time uh, that we're in bands and stuff like that. Like uh, my brother Justin, uh, shout out to him and and Pitbull. um, You know, they were a phenomenal hardcore band from Detroit. And... Not a lot of people have heard them, man. You know, they they did some touring, but they didn't do a ton of stuff. It goes with a lot of Detroit bands, man. It really bums me out. Like when I was really active, I still had Hate Inc. going, and I was really active in the scene and whatever. I was always trying to, you know, get bands to 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 put their shit out or do more things or whatever and and get heard. Um, you know, like uh, you know, I was trying to get SBLC in the studio um years ago uh shout out to red yeah but you know i was trying to get them in the studio to record everything that they had and do like a discography or whatever Mm -hmm. and it never happened man they never i don't know why but i was going to put them in the studio and pay for everything and get it done but for whatever reason i didn't get done but there was a lot of bands a lot of local detroit bands that you know have not been heard and and don't even have music out there you know a lot of local bands that were around back in the day fuck well that's a shame because well you know once you said uh pitbull it's totally underestimated you know under under promoted over all the years i know they what last show they probably played was that fucking hate breed one or something back at st andrews i don't know but that's that's the only time uh, i, I think they've done a handful after that okay. but yeah they they, 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 one of the they weren't around 
for too much longer after no. that. No, what year did they start though? Because it's Pitbull. Yeah, they were around. Oh uh, shoot, man! Around. I don't know. I think I think they started around eighty eight, nineteen eighty eight. <laughs> Damn, I was one years old, you know. But all that shit translates to fucking today, you know. And there are bands that are two weeks old that sound just like fucking Pitbull, you know. Just in the in the genre, you know, it doesn't really change much. And nobody's reinventing fucking hardcore, you know, or the sound, so. But, uh. Some good bands out there, man. Yeah. You know, that, that I'm, I'm noticing, you know, most of the time, uh, it sounds pretty generic and typical, and I overlook it, a lot of stuff. Um, but some stuff's been catching my attention, man. Uh, like Never Ending Game. I, you know, they're, they're, they're good kids, man. That's good music. And, um, and that is good fucking music, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I see dudes wearing a Hate Inc. shirt and supporting Hate Inc. and shit like that. So, I, you know, that fired me up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, you know, check out Never Ending Game. Uh, another band, man, that, that uh, I don't know what's going on with them. I was talking to you about, about them before. Is that uh, MH Chaos, man? They're real good, too. Yeah, yeah, as far as I know. I mean, there's never been no official word, but uh, there's been some... Some inner shit in the band. They haven't done fucking many shows, and they've had a substitute singer for their last couple shows. So I mean, I don't know the future of that band. I tried to get them here a couple times, and it's just fucking fell through both times. Uh, and again, I, you know, I'm yeah. not, you know, in the know. I'm not on top of everything, you know, as far as yeah, music wise or whatever. But if I hear about something or somebody tells me about something, or I, you know, see something online or whatever, and check it out, like, uh, you know, like MH Chaos. I know they've been around for a while. Never Ending Game's been doing it for a minute. Stuff like that, um, and I'm kind of just getting hip to it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, you know, I'm older, man. I don't pay too close attention to a lot of shit. Yeah, of course. I and, mean, and I'm not really involved in the scene and hanging out like I used to all the time, so. Yeah, well, we're going to change that beast. you got to say what I mean? Back. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, did you ever listen to uh, Freedom when they were around? Freedom Detroit Hardcore? No, man. I think I might have went to a show okay. or two. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Dude, they're really fucking good. Yeah. I mean, probably. Are they straight edge? Um, a couple of. Yeah, I think the whole band is oh, fucking strange, right. to be honest. But uh, good music. They they sound like uh, I don't know, old school shit. Yeah, you know they're fucking, and their their bassist is the singer of Never Ending Game, and the singer of Freedom. Is oh, now, nice. All is right. now the bassist of Never Ending Game, Dennis and fucking fucking Mikey. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, Fair they enough. all. And I don't know. Um, I did a I did a podcast with their guitarist who got that band fucking going um, last week or two weeks ago, and he gave me the whole fucking rundown on that band. But they uh, shit, dude, they were really good. Freedom was really fucking good. I bet you liked them. If uh, uh, did they put out how many records did they put? Out? Uh, I think three. They did a oh yeah, they did okay. a demo, a seven inch, and then a fucking LP, I think. But it's all really really good. Straight Edge or not, you know, if you listen how do you to get it, the LP. Oh, everything's online. Um, okay. I know you can get the seven inch on the Never Ending Game website still, but that's that's good. It's a fucking a never had a choice. It's, but you know, it's a negative approach type, you know, shit. Old school. It's fucking really good. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Uh, so I know you ran with all the coldest life dudes and the CTYC and shit like that all through the nineties. Um, did you ever? Were you ever in a band? Before Hate Inc., I mean, did you ever play playing Cold as Life or no? I don't think you did, did you? I don't know nothing. Um, no, I never uh, officially played um, in the band, but um, there was one time where uh, Jeff uh, was sick or something and didn't show up for a gig, 
And uh, I got this. I wanted to ask yeah. you about this. That's a good transition. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and they kind of they kind of forced me to sing the the, the set. Yeah. I mean, I I think I only sang a few a few of the jams, but um. And I was drunk too. I, I was trying to tell him, "Hey, man, I, I, you know, I don't know if I can do it, you know." But it was fun, man. It was cool, you know. So I did that that one time. I did help him write a couple of songs. Though. Yeah. Well, well, you know, because you talk about that time. That was at the Magic Stick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a video online. I think it's mm-hmm. "Cold as Life" and "Friends." Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, That's it. yeah, and um, I know you did a couple songs and uh. Fucking uh, my little dude. Uh, they call him Seven, but I forgot his real name. Fuck, he's a yeah, I think a he, short Mexican guy. I yeah, his he, name. he, I think he was just, uh, just kind of growling. He wasn't really singing anything. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, I sang, I, I sang the actual some of the actual songs. <laughs> people, um, they're just drunkenly yelling. <laughs> but yeah, but the other dude, I think they were just, just have, yeah, just having him growl over the music because they had some new songs. They were oh, okay, they were doing. yeah, yeah. No, that's back when the Magic Stick was. The fucking magic stick. I wasn't there for Yeah, it was that cool shit. for a while, man. I mean, that was the spot, man. When did I you mean, guys start going there? Like, do you have any idea? Gosh. Or was it already, like, existed before, like, shows started happening? Oh, yeah, that place has been around for a long time, man, before. Well, before the Majestic, I know for sure, has been around fucking 100 years, probably. Well, that know? bowling alley yeah. has been there 100 years. Okay. For sure. You're being honest, too. 100 years, probably, if not close. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, for forever. sure. I think it's one of the oldest in America, that bowling alley. It's got to be. Now it's a punk rock bowling alley. Go there. But um, as far as them having shows like punk shows and metal or whatever there, you know, I, I can't really remember, man, but I want to say maybe, I don't even know, man, but I want to say maybe 96, 95. Okay. I, 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 you know, I'm kind of the wrong guy to ask about that. But, but yeah, man, they, they put on a lot of good shows there, and uh, it was a lot of good times, man. Cold as Life used to sell that place out, man, and... I, at the top there in a magic stick. Yeah, you probably fit 500 fucking people in there. Man, we, there were some good times there, some good shows, man. They packed upstairs. Cold as life. Everybody going nuts for cold as life. It was great. You know, good times, good yeah. good memories, man, you know. Yeah, because fucking... And was it just just like the scene then was just so fucking huge? Or was it cold was as life just like reaching more than just a hardcore scene? Like Both. In, in the local area, okay. Yeah, they, they were doing really well, man. Um, you know, 97, 99, they were doing really, really good. Uh, more and more kids, you know, different genres were coming in, you know, metalheads and whatever, I think. It, it was good, man. It kind of reminded me of like the old days because when I first started going to shows at Blondie's and stuff like that, it, it, it you know, it wasn't really separated as far as hardcore and metal and punk and whatever it was all kind of together you know you you go to a show at blondie's back in the in the late 80s or whatever you know i can tell you it was it was everything to the to like you'd walk in there and see a bunch of you know metal heads and and mohawks and you know baldies and suit and tie dudes and whatever and the gig was like a metal band a punk band and you know and and everybody got along and it was all cool you know there was no i mean there'd be issues there'd be fights but of course it it wasn't you know crazy it wasn't like you know all of you guys have to leave because you don't fit the bill of the show or whatever it wasn't like that man it was a lot you know the scene was different man back then you know in the 80s yeah. In the late '80s and and whatever, and even before that, it was probably even, you know, 
yeah. that first generation, that first wave of hardcore, uh, which I didn't experience, you know, because I'm younger. But uh, it must have been super cool, man, because, you know, everything was so fresh and, and still still fresh even in the late 80s like that, you know. But, w- w- like, now, you know, it's, it's so different. It's not, you know, it's not fresh anymore. You got a lot of... Uh, you got a lot of bands that are, you know, radio friendly and whatever, and they're calling them hardcore and 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 whatever. So it's kind of like uh, desensitized the whole yeah. movement. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you were around then. Like now, you're like, this is the same old fucking shit. <laughs> you know. But then when it starts, I guess a little like progress within the sound mm-hmm. of the music. But and, back in the day, it was cool yeah. because everything was 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 fresh and new and whatever or not so old yet actually okay. i should say there you go that's the way to put it yeah so when it was all fun and fucking unity everyone's having a good time and all that shit how do you think when and how do you think it transitioned from being like a you know, punk and everyone's here for the fucking right reasons into you know, it's like a set it was like a separated room at one point, you know, when everyone fucking hated well, each other and you couldn't go to a show without fighting straight edge kids or, or whatever the fuck the deal was. Because I heard... Well, you know, I'm guilty you know, of it too, yeah. you know, because, you know, I would... I mean, everybody, you know, when you're young, you know what I'm saying? And you're out of control and... <laughs> ego, like you said ego earlier. Ego problems and ego, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Kick and, everyone's ass because I fucking can, stupid uh, shit. Stupid know? shit, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You, but you get older and you realize that that's just a big waste of time and pointless and um you know and it's better to, to you know it's better to um you know make friends and enemies and all that stuff uh but you know like me I don't harbor any ill will towards anyone I got no uh you know I don't hold any grudges on anybody or anything like that everything that I did in the past you know what I'm saying it was uh just out of stupidity and just young anger and whatever. And a lot of the music is fuel to that, you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing, you, you gotta you gotta be careful on, on the music, you know, because sometimes the music, right, it can and and you know, lift you up or bring you down or make you more angry or whatever. Obviously music has an emotional attachment to you or and whatever and you know, don't let it yeah, don't let it get the best of you. You know what I'm saying, and 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 make up make decisions for you on on uh, you know quick decisions and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people have done crazy things to music. You know, they hear a song and then they do something crazy. Yeah, or well, whatever. Yeah, you know I mean, so, you know, you can listen to a, any hating song and fucking go out and stab somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like you well, said, they can do crazy things to you. Uh, I mean, I was trying to transition in a more positive, like if you know, I you mean, listen some, to uh, Clockwork for sure. Yeah, it was a little saying. bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're growing though. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're growing musically, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, um. No. Yeah, like I'm saying though, like uh, I'll listen to the music, like especially. You know, like unify hate and all that shit. Like, uh, well, I was an angry son of a bitch, man. Yeah, you know, during that time, and you know, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff too. I mean, the whole thing with Hate Inc. was really the concept of my cousin Daryl. You know, it was all of his idea, really. Um, you know, he he said that we should start the band, call it Hate Inc., and uh, he was supposed to play bass and 
whatever and out and you know and he was an angry fucker man and you know he'd been in prison a long time and all that stuff in and out of prison and uh hate ink was his thing you know um it started out as like his uh kind of skateboarding thing people were writing skate sk8 yeah, yeah people yeah. were spray painting that and tagging it so he was h8 you know ink hate yeah. ink well he was doing tattoos too so you know tattoos hate ink you know of course so he he came up with that and then he wanted to start the band and uh you know he ended up going to going to prison and and you know it didn't happen but you so know, this was mid 90s or so yeah 90, started with 97 95 or okay. 95 yeah okay and uh and then really jeff g is the one that really got it going you know he said you know because Daryl was locked up, and he said, let's do Hate Inc., man. So that's how it started, really, you know. Um, and uh, a lot of anger and, and, and hate and whatever you want to call it with the, you know, just life, really, all the life's struggles and whatever uh, with Cold as Life. So it's all, you know, tied in together like that with, with the two bands. And, um, you know, but but really Jeff, man, got it going, and... We were kind of on, you know, Cold as Life's, uh, you know, schedule. So whenever they would practice, we we would practice or whatever. Okay. We never really practiced outside of a Cold as Life practice until way later. But, you know, in the beginning of hating, that's why it took kind of so long for us to kind of, you know, get hurt or off the ground or whatever you want to call it is because you know, it was always on Cold as Life's time. You know what I'm saying? Because Cold as Life was the band. Right. I mean, it was it was Roy, Jeff. Jeff, Roy, and uh, Big Dog, even a little bit of Johnny Hate sometimes, you know, whenever he would do it. But um, so really, I, it, it was, you know, and I was singing. So really, it was just me waiting on them. You know, it was, just it get was done like, with their practice so you can jump in huh? or whatever. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So and you know, and it worked out good. You know, it, it, it you know it was what it was. Yeah. But uh, um, that's why I kind of took a while. You know, it wasn't until Cold as Life broke up in two thousand and one or whatever it was that um, you know we were doing more hate ink or two thousand. We were doing more hate ink stuff. You know, and that's why. I wasn't able to get like that fraternal record out until 2001. It was recorded and finished in 2001. I don't think I released it till the next year. But um, but yeah, it uh, you know it was everybody's everybody's involvement there that kind of slowed the process in the beginning. Yeah. You know. Uh, so so were you guys doing a bunch of shows before you even uh, released that? Uh, no, Eternal? man. We we we, no, we hardly did any shows, man. We we only did uh, a handful of gigs, man. I mean, really, the the one on YouTube uh, that we did, it was like um, we were kind of like special guest, basically, uh, to the Coldest Life show at the Magic Stick. Okay, it's on YouTube. It's uh, nineteen ninety nine, and um, that. Uh, really was probably our f like the fourth or fifth show we ever did no shit yeah the first one we did was in 97 with dogs of war i think that was at the uad coffee house or something or maybe pharaoh's pharaoh uh, next to token okay yeah that was the first show we ever that was 97 so that goes to show you from 97 to 99 
not much going on. We only did four, you know, a handful of shows, man. Damn. You know, because really, like I said, Cold as Life was the was the band. Yeah. So, you know, they were touring, they were doing whatever. So, you know, a lot of times there wasn't a lot of time because they were doing really well. and Very they, popular, yeah. And they didn't have a lot of time to, you know, to, to mess with another band or whatever. So... So we did it when when it was uh, when everybody was able to do it. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So when they broke up, that's when uh, things started kind of taking off more. Okay, and I hear this right. Did and your cousin wrote a lot of the lyrics and shit for the first Hate Inc. Uh, he wrote some of it anyway. A, a couple. There's a couple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember. But uh, a lot of inspiration from the band is uh, is him. Is Daryl. It all comes from Daryl, man. The the imagery. The the whole thing, man. A lot of the lyrics I wrote were, um, they were, uh, you know, more about him. You know, it was more about his, his, you know, from his viewpoint. Okay. Or well, whatever, from me looking, you know, at, at like his life or whatever, and then speaking on his yeah. behalf, if you will, in a way. I mean, a lot of it was me too, you know, my personal stuff too, you know, but. So was he going to. Uh, obviously both in the same scene. Were you going to shows before him, or was he already in the shit? Or were you guys just tight as fuck and end up going together when you first started going to shows? No, he was 10 years older than me. Oh, no shit. So he okay. was he was part of the first wave of hardcore. He was going to NA shows back in the early 80s and doing all that, you know? So your aunt that you mentioned, was that his mom? Or was it no, a no, no. aunt? Okay, uh, yeah, just... I thought it would make sense that your no. aunt was listening to N.A. and shit, so I don't know if he was influenced by no, that, you know, her. No, the aunt I was talking about, that's, that was my mom's sister. But Okay. No, um, he, uh, yeah, he was in the scene, you know, when it started out. He was in the early part of the Detroit scene and all that stuff. and But he was gone a lot, you know what I'm saying? And he ended up going to prison and stuff like that. So yeah. um, I didn't spend a lot of time with him when I was young, oh. when I was younger. It wasn't until, you know... I got in my early twenties and we started hanging out and stuff like that. Damn, uh, did you, I mean, did you always know, like, as a teenager and shit, he was always up to no good in and out of prison and shit? Were you close to him? Because you know, obviously, you said he he was a big part of the band. He had fucking um, Detroit hardcore tattoos, tattoo artists, yeah. so he was well known around here. So, like, no, it was more like, um, you know, we didn't realize that we were even related until, you know, until I got into my until I was like 19 or whatever, no, when, we, okay. when we actually met up and was like, yeah, we, we have mutual family members, you know what I'm saying? And we were actually related by blood and by marriage, which was crazy. Okay. But come to find out that, you know, that we were related, you know, um, but I didn't really know him before that, man. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, I ran into him at, at a show or whatever and, uh, we got to talking and realized that we have uh mutual you know, family members or whatever. And was just like, by oh, the last name? What's that? That was just by the last name? Yeah. You know, was he a... Something he has... So did he always have the maniac name before you realized he had the same last name as you, just add the I, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was his moniker. You know, that was like his nickname or whatever, Daryl Maniac. That's <laughs> so fucking yeah. crazy, man. Like, uh, Rest in peace, Daryl Maniac. Yeah, rest in peace. Daryl fucking Maniac. What a maniac, huh? He was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I miss, yeah, him. I'm, I miss him, man. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, no shit, man. Yeah. Like, I'm sure once you guys realized you, your family, that bond just became even fucking stronger, knowing who he was and, you know, Yeah, it was crazy, you know, um, meeting up like that and going, wow, you know, we have cousins and 
aunts and uncles and this and that and i didn't even really know him beforehand so okay it was cool man yeah um fuck it's crazy to look back and think though that all the experiences and and shit that you had you know, just because of hardcore, you know, meeting different people and fucking starting a band. And, you know, you even took Hate Inc. You went over to fucking Europe early on in, in Hate Inc., right? Weren't you guys over there early 2000s? You went over there and did like Eperfest or something? Yeah, it was 2007. Um, I mean, I. That's a little it, later. It yeah. Definitely, yeah, it definitely wasn't early Hate Inc., but. Uh, For some reason, I thought it was. Well, <laughs> I guess it's just a, a, the fucking YouTube video it looks like shit, so you think it's way before, you know. But yeah, shout out to. Uh, to Roy and um, those guys for bringing us over, man, because, um, you know, really it was a Cold as Life tour, and they just brought us with them, you know. Oh, okay, okay, well, that's cool, man. You guys were able to fucking get on in front of however many fucking people go to Eperfest, or Eperfest, however the fuck you say it. And was, Gook, Mike the Gook, he put us he put us on it, so. Big-ass crowd. Um, yeah, it was fun, man. Europe was awesome, man. It was a good time. Yeah, uh, so... I seen a video. Fuck! Did you go over there with Coldest Life before Hey Ing, or no? Or did you go over there? No, it was just that one time. Oh, okay, because there's Life, a video. Yeah. Is it? Or sorry, it's a picture. Is it you that's fucking tagging on the Berlin Wall? Somebody's yes. writing Coldest Life or fucking TBD or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so fucking cool, man. Um, yeah, it was cool, man, to see that, man. It was pretty sweet. Well, man. obviously, so much history there, you know, with uh, the fucking whatever Soviet Union or Iron Curtain, whatever the fuck it was, and. Uh, and so that was early 2000s. Um, the fucking so the Berlin Wall was tore down for long before that. Is there oh, just yeah. some fucking remains in a certain spot of Germany? Yeah, it was like broken up and Pete, you know, there was parts, you know, here, parts there, whatever. Wow. Um, yeah, there's this fucking, a lot of cool artwork on it, man. Yeah. A lot of graffiti writers and artists and stuff. Well, you know, Las Vegas down on uh, in downtown Las Vegas on Fremont Street, there's this hotel. I don't know which hotel it is, but uh, you go into the men's bathroom and you piss in the urinals. But behind the urinals is an actual part of the Berlin Wall, like the opposite side, like the shitty side. So, so that like you're taking a piss on the Berlin Wall is what's supposed to look like if you're standing there. It's, I mean, stupid, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> you never been to Vegas? No, I ain't never been to Vegas. It's fucking wild there. It's a good time. Lots to do. I heard it's pretty expensive. It is. You so. gotta fucking spend money to, you know, fucking live decent there if you're gonna go there on vacation. Or Back to hardcore. Who gives a fuck about Las Vegas right now? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get you to smile or laugh. You're like a fucking just a robot. Um, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> don't be sorry. This is for you if you want another beer. Thanks, man. Oh, there's fucking Miller's in here if you want one of those. If you don't like that fucking yingling shit. You got any crack? <laughs> any no, crack? No. Uh, just mushrooms. <laughs> no, I can't do that, man. No, you flip out. You put a hole in the wall. I don't want to see that. <laughs> Let's fucking set this one over here. Uh, yeah, we reverend uh, any hard drugs or anything? No, back? never. No, no, no. just uh, fucking That's the thing, man. I, You know... Um, so many of, of my friends, man, people I know or whatever, you know, doing that and things not ending up good for them kind of kept me away, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? I mean, I had my battles with alcohol, you know, yeah. uh, especially after Daryl died and whatever, you know, I hit the bottle pretty hard, Yeah. but, uh, you know, you got to 
you got to overcome that stuff, man, because it'll bring you down, you know. I mean, everything in moderation, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for I mean, sure. Have a good time and be chill, but keep it chill because you overdo it and you get crazy and the next thing you know, man, your life's in shambles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, uh, or it's over. So, you know, and I've known too many people, man. Uh, crack, heroin, coke, all that shit, man, brings them down and... It There's does. no recovering, man. It fucking does definitely bring people down just over the years myself. You know, so many people fucking overdosed, died, fucking murdered, shot, you know, whatever. Yeah. You crash and burn, you know. Um, it's and tough, that, man. It is tough. And you think, and it's hard because the people fucking don't, don't see the, see what happens when you can have a bunch of mutual friends and they're fucking shooting heroin together. One dies and then they f- still go back and do heroin again, you know. It's fucking frustrating. It is. It's frustrating, man. You know, especially when, you know, it's right before your eyes, you know what I'm saying? And you try to help, you know, I've tried so hard, man, to to, to help friends, to help people uh, overcome that stuff. And, and, you know, it's all up to the individual, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you can sit there until you're blue in the face and tell somebody that you know yeah. crack kills or whatever and uh it doesn't matter man they, they, they'll sit there and be like yeah I, I know bro but the next thing you know they'll turn around and and do whatever they're gonna do man so it, you know you can all you can you can say whatever you want to anybody about anything really but it's always up to the individual man and you know the thing is is look at your surroundings look at the people you love you know what i'm saying and and look what's become of everybody and whatever and come up with a decision do you want to crash and burn or do you want to overcome and and persevere and keep going you know what i'm totally. saying and, yeah i fucking know what you're saying i've had my own so f- problems back fucking do the coke was my shit back in the day i just get so much fucking coke man i used to take money from whoever the fuck had money, you know, it didn't matter. It's funny, I never thought you would have done that stuff. I could, you know, you don't seem like the personality. No, dude, this, I, uh, it's the last time, I, wow, I can tell you the exact, it'll be fucking, goddamn, 14 years tomorrow is the last time I did Coke. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's not like I made a decision to stop. It, it just happened to be the last time. But I did for sure have a problem before that. Like I thought, like I stopped and then I started doing it again, like casually because I thought it was cool. Like, yeah, I can handle this, you know. But uh, it was, yeah, it was my twenty fu- first birthday. It's the last time I fucking did it. And, yeah, uh, I'll be, be thirty five tomorrow. This shit's fucking. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, but but it's so stupid because you f- tell people until you're blue in the face, like you said, like that's probably not great for you. So I'm, I'm not gonna judge you, but. You probably shouldn't do that because right. it's not good. And, like, uh, I heard a quote one time. And it's like, uh, uh, you can tell your future by who you're hanging around, you know. It's like, yeah. and look at your friends and that, and you see your future, you know. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like some people are fu- sitting around fucking isolating themselves with other fucking drug addicts and you know, they can't get their shit together, even though they probably want to, you know. It's fucking stupid. That shit pisses me off because I, I see her smoke weed and drink like I got it all together, but you know I don't. But there's some shit that's worse that you cannot do to make your life a little better. Yeah, but I mean, is it is it ruining your life? I mean, no. you got a you got a nice house, man. You got a family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, you're working. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
you know, is smoking some weed and having some beers ruining your life? Not at all. It's, you know, so you know, you can just as long as, or your health. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Are right, you in the right. hospital, the emergency room, yeah. or whatever? For uh, you know, every once a month in the emergency room because you're doing that. No, you know, you're no. you're doing all right, man. I mean, like I said, everything in moderation. If you can have a few beers and keep it cool and smoke a couple of blunts, then you're all good. Yeah, you know. Man. But if you're, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, when it comes to the drug thing, though, the heavy drugs, it depends, man. I mean, you know. Again, you could do, you could be functional and do the same thing. You know, you could bump it up and have some coke and whatever sure, uh, on the weekends, it, and yeah. and everything would be cool. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of a tough call there with the hard drugs, man. Because it, it because is. it's there's a there's a thin line of like taking it too far. You know, what I'm oh, saying? most definitely, most definitely, and, a lot of people. Um, and then and then getting some bad shit. What if you what if you snorted up some bad shit? And fentanyl. You didn't that's wake the up the next day. People. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's fucked up. Well. Well, it's weird because there's this fucking doctor. Um, I've heard him on like other podcasts and shit. And Doctor Carl Hart, and he f- does heroin. Excuse me, he does like a. I don't know how much he does, but casually, <laughs> fucking like snorts. He's a doctor heroin. that does heroin. <laughs> that, that sounds so crazy. I know, wow. but um, he says uh, you know, every now and again he'll do a little fucking bump of heroin, and uh, he doesn't shoot it up. Um, he said you know helps him either relax. Or able to like write because he writes like journals and shit like that too. And he okay. said, you know, it expands. I mean, I don't know. I've heard that too, where people, you know, they say they do a little bit of yeah. mushrooms. Yeah. And uh, it helps them think and be cool and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it works, I guess. Well, but yeah. But... Like I said, man, there's a thin line. What if mm-hmm. you take some shit and you, you know, you you go to fucking Willy Wonka land, <laughs> and you know, you don't come back. Yeah, I mean, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I know there hasn't been enough fucking uh, studies and shit because it's all you know illegal, especially on the mushroom topic. Like uh, now, in some states, you know, they're doing research. A lot of people are uh, are uh, trying mushrooms, like microdosing, to deal with uh, depression and anxiety, and even mm-hmm. like uh, the terminally ill people. Um, somehow. It does something to their brain to where they're able to actually process and deal with the concept that they're dying rather than mm. f- full of anxiety and and crying every day because they know they're dying, you know? Mm. It's fucking crazy. I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, some people are fucking guinea pigs. How about that? Um, <laughs> you There's know, a lot wanna, of those out there. Yeah, I want to ask you about uh, oh I got. This. Well, this might be a little... Interesting question. Is there anything? Go ahead, shoot. Is there anything that you would have done different or changed about yourself back in the day? Um, is there any any regrets or anything you would have done different from you know like being a child until now? Or are you are you happy with that? That's a loaded question. Yeah. Well, well I'm saying yes. Yeah, so I'm so saying this is like not about the band. No, You're no. Just saying personally. Yeah. You want to move on. Oh no! I'm, no, I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, sure. To understand or, what you're or, or I mean, within the band or the hardcore scene, is uh, is there any decisions you would have made to gone gone further with the band or started any other bands or? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, number one, I mean, you I played c- an instrument. No, I know you do guitar, right? You play, you play guitar. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I wrote all the oh, all the music. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm saying. Uh, yeah, play guitar, um, but yeah, as far as that goes, um, you know, I I don't know, I. I wish I would have paid closer attention to what some of my friends were telling me about, you know, 
not being a dumbass or okay. whatever. Uh, sure. You know, and, and um, snapping out of my uh, crazy streak or whatever. But um, okay. I don't know, man. I, 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 you know, I think everybody's timing is different to when they realize shit and come come to, you know, have that moment of clarity of, you know, like what life's about, what's important, what you need to do and and things like that, you know. Um, for me, it was, uh, you know, when my cousin Daryl died, man, that's when, that's when I, you know, kind of, you know, I kind of fell off a cliff there for a minute, but then I snapped out of it and, and said, man, something's got to change. I got to, you know, I got to do better. I got to be better. I got to help more people. You know, I got to be, you know, better all the way around and, uh, cut the bullshit so that's what i was you know that's what i tried to do and um it's definitely been better than when i was younger as opposed to when i was younger like we were talking about being young and going to shows and getting crazy you know all you want to do is get crazy and you don't want anybody to tell you any different you, you just want to party and have fun and go to shows and get crazy and you know and that's all good you know um within reason uh, but only up until a certain extent, you know, there comes a time where it's like, you know, you, you got to calm the fuck down and, yeah. and, you know, and it took me a long time to realize that man, but you know, I started hitting church up and, you know, kind of like letting God hold the wheel and, uh, life's definitely been better, man. So all you kids out there, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. You heard from Beast himself. <laughs> because yeah. Jesus is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you, you know, the reason why you kind of asked that question, like, you know, whether it's just fucking hearsay or not, but, you know, you always had a reputation to be kind of a crazy person, you know, at shows. So I was always like, <sighs> yeah, the fucking boogeyman sitting right next to me. But, uh, yeah, well, it's good to hear, though, that you said, you know, Everybody has a time where they finally realize, and if they understand that it, something's got to change, and they do. Whether the bummer it's, about that is that when you got people, whatnot. good friends or parents or you know people that love you, yeah, that are telling you, dude, you, you know, this is what's up. Like mm -hmm. you're you're you gotta you know get it together, or whatever, and you know, and you're like, ah, you know, and you you're not listening. The pro that's the problem, you know. Yeah. The problem is is w when the day comes that you have ears to hear, and you listen to what you know people are telling you. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, for for me, it took a long time. Yeah. But and, and, and a tragedy I, as well to realize it. You know, with your cousin. So you know, eventually it all came together for you. And that's you know, it's a shame because there's a lot of people out there that never listen ever. And they're either still, they're like 50, 60 years old right now, 70 years old right now, still doing the exact same shit that they were doing when they were 20. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's all bad news. And somehow they've made it through. <laughs> somehow you got to that. this age or whatever. And they're still doing it. And they're, and, you know, um, God bless them. But it's like, you know, a lot of people, they never, they never figure it out. They never learn. They never want to figure it out. And then there's other there's other people like I know kids that come to that come to that uh you know realization or whatever real young mm -hmm. you know at like 20 
and they're like, man, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to school. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Fuck the dumb shit. You know, I don't mess with drugs and blah, 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 all that shit. And they're, you know, focused. And got it together. And got it together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, good people and whatever. Um, but it's all about treating others good, man, and, and doing the right thing, man. So yeah, individual. If, you, if, you, if you're good like that, everything will pan out. Oh, fuck. You know? Yeah. Um, are you... Uh, so, uh, You've been to a few shows in the past fucking year or so since the pandemic has been up. Are you are you happy to see uh, that uh, Detroit is somewhat of a of a functioning scene, or do you wish it could be fucking better? Or <clears throat> what would you hope for the future of Detroit hardcore if you had any any input? Or well, here's the deal. I want to say thanks for having me here. This is cool. Uh, the main reason why I wanted to do this, like I said, is because um, you know me and Jeff were talking about doing one. Uh, with another dude and i never heard from from that dude so whatever you'll hear this i'm sure yeah and then uh and then there was another one that that blast furnace one he really wanted to do one with yeah. us but um i don't know what happened to him he, he 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 doesn't do it no more so i don't know what's up with that but uh you were asking me a few times so i wanted to come on and do this to 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 let the kids out there know about you know i'm going to be releasing some merch i i want to put out the other two albums on the vinyl you know, do vinyl records, and um, I also have some Life of Pain uh, variants that I want to get rid of, and I wanted to get the word out like that, and I appreciate what you do for, you know, music and Detroit and whatever with your podcast, and, you know, I see you on the Instagram and whatever, you're promoting shows and doing all that stuff, mm -hmm. and that's awesome, man, because, you know, um, not a lot of that was happening, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it was kind of like a roller coaster of that happening between peoples, uh, you know, over the years. There wasn't anything real consistent. There might have been a few people um, that grabbed the wheel and was like really trying to make a difference. Uh, you know, like my brother Jay Outcast. Uh, shout out to Outcast. He uh, in Final Assault, he did a lot for the scene. You know, um, he was uh, promoting shows, booking shows. Uh, you know, he was writing for uh, zines and doing doing all types of stuff. So, you know, if somebody does something for the scene or whatever, that, that that's great. You know, as, as far as me, I haven't been hanging out a lot. I don't really know what's going on or whatever. Um, but a little bit here and there. And when I what I have seen of it, it it's awesome. I mean, you know, like what I've been seeing with. Uh, you know, never-ending game is, is is awesome, man. It's not. It's wild. Know, it seems like they, they got a good following and and um you know and stuff like that. Um, D Block too out there. I don't even fucking check them out yet, but uh, they're fucking. Good. I mean, I seen them. I seen them that the the last time I seen uh, never-ending game, and they were all right too, man. Hell yeah. But um, you know, more bands need to need to need to you know play more shows and and get out there and. And, and get with other bands, man, and, and uh, you know, bands that you wouldn't typically play with or whatever, and and play shows together, man. Yeah, there's definitely a you separation know. between the, uh, say, sub-genres of hardcore. And that's what I was trying to tell you before, earlier is, like, you know, when I was young going to shows, it was all different types of bands playing one show together. Yeah. It wasn't just these two same bands that always play together. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, a handful of bands 
that never played together playing together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was really mixed up. And that was awesome, man, because you had a, a, a diverse crowd and, and, and it was cool. It made for a better show, man. It brought more people and, uh, and all of that, man. But, um, another good band out there, man, is, um, is uh blue collar stompers man Fuck shout yeah. out to my brother will i mean you guys got to go out and see them man they're like they're a really good really good hardcore punk away band man and 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 uh you know people people need to you know let everybody know about bands and, take notes and, and take yeah <laughs> exactly about you know who's who's uh who's good who's playing who's whatever and and make it happen and work together and make that shit happen you know because you know, from what I what I seen that's going on right now, it's pretty cool because I know there was a drop off for a while where there wasn't really anything happening. Not much at all for a little bit. Um, for a little while, and uh, you know, and that's a bummer. But it seems like it's kind of coming back a little bit, and that's cool. And you know, um, you know, I probably wouldn't even be sitting here, man, if it wasn't for uh, my bro um, Craig Holloway who. Uh, hit me up and said hey i got these records here man <laughs> that i didn't know about or whatever so he sent me the records man and and um i got rid of them pretty quickly and you know i got a handful of those left that i'm going to do a variant with and um it fired me up to uh continue trying to put out because you know a while ago i really wanted to put out you know the other two records clockwork and fraternal on vinyl but um i kind of just gave up you know because uh you know, I just, you know, for 15 years or whatever it was that, that I had the band going, I did ev pretty much everything, you know. No I booked shit. the shows, I did the merch, uh, you know, I wrote the songs, you know what I'm saying? Like, I did everything. Oh, I did all the what? correspondence, I did all the the distro, I, I may have, you know. And it's hard work, man. It's hard work out there uh, doing that kind of thing. So, you know. Um, and it's all, like, thankless, too. It's not like you're getting, like, anything out of it except, like, a good time. You know, it's not. I like, never, I never made no money, man. So, I never made saying. no money from yeah, the band. No, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's I would make money your back. Time and but. love of you know, hardcore and fucking punk and doing what you like to do, man. It's so like there's really, it's like you're putting more money into it than you're fucking getting out of it, and that's not what it's about. So, I mean, everybody, I'm sure, is on the same page with that for the most part. Yeah, I never, I never made no money with the band, man, and I always tried to sell my shit cheap. Whenever we did shows or whatever, it was always like a ten dollars shirt. Uh, you know, ten dollar CD or whatever yeah. like that. You know, at the most. And, and if you look like a, a pussy, he'd tell you you can't fucking buy one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, I always tried to tried to sell the stuff to you. A lot of the stuff I gave away. You know what I mean? Because kids would come up, man, I really want balls. I got this, or you know, just take it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just to get it out there. Yeah, I think that'd be cool, man. If you did, if you fuck re reissued some of the shit and then did a. A couple merch runs. I'm sure fucking people would eat that shit up and just yeah, just have a piece of the band because with like different generations of people, yeah, you know, are hopefully hopefully finding out about you guys and hearing the songs and and who doesn't want a fucking Detroit hardcore shirt? You know, right. who the fuck doesn't like? Uh, well, that's the thing. You know, when I you know when I got these uh, Life of Pain uh, vinyls um, that I didn't know were still around, um, they went pretty quick, man, and I was pretty surprised about that so yeah man and a lot of people have I've, I've got a lot of feedback from people about uh you know the, the clockwork misery record and the fraternal record so but even personally i i want them on uh on vinyl to have them on vinyl yeah. uh you know i think it'd be cool to to do that too so yeah you know. yeah and do you have a favorite 
uh, album out of the three you guys did? Is there anyone that you are more proud of, whether quality or sonically music-wise? Or well, the first demo that we did in um, in in '97, '98 uh, holds a lot for me, you know, because it was. Um, you know, finally, the the Hate Inc. band kind of come into fruition. You know that that me and Daryl kind of you know talked about for the longest time, um, and to do it with with my boys, you know Jeff and Roy and 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 Big Dog and those guys, man. It you know it it meant a lot. You know, so the demo was cool. I like that a lot, man. It's cool to listen to it sometimes and kind of reminisce or whatever. So. You know, um, but yeah, I like Fraternal a lot, you know, just because it's the first shit. Um, the, the other songs on Fraternal, that was really just me and Roy. Um, shout out to Roy. That was really just me and him, uh, with that whole record, really. Um, oh, you did all the uh, guitar and shit. You recorded all that stuff. Yep. I did the guitars. He did the drums. And then, uh, we recorded, uh, we recorded, that at Mike Hasty's place, the Cloud City. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and my uh, original bass player, Psycho Mike Richards, uh, love you, brother, but um, he wasn't around uh, for whatever reason. And um, a little bit of me not wanting him there either because he wasn't the greatest bass player. No disrespect, brother. But uh, <laughs> plus, he didn't know he didn't know the new jams either. So yeah. So luckily, uh, Mike Hasty and his wizardry uh, stepped up. He just so happened to have a bass guitar in his studio, and he uh, laid down the track. So uh, good looking out, Mike Hasty. Shout out to Mike Hasty down in Florida, living it up now. He's also in Walls of Jericho. If nobody fucking knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So with a life of pain, did uh, Jeff wrote that shit, or did you write that too? And Jeff just played. Um, I wrote all the music for Hate Inc. Okay, you're right here. Except for you just uh, play Je- it. <laughs> Jeff wrote. Jeff wrote. Um, Jeff wrote on the yard. Oh no shit! Yeah, Jeff I think I knew them. that because of that other podcast. But yeah, <laughs> and the only other one I think is uh, we hate the world. Yeah, that one. Um, Enzo wrote that. Enzo and Jake wrote that one. That's a good jam. Yeah, uh, but all that other jams. Out of all three records, I wrote all that. You wrote all just sat there all by, just all by there. myself. That's crazy, man. <laughs> all by yourself. Well, you all put something myself. fucking wild together, man. Because I tell you, anybody who hears hating, they're like, oh yeah, fucking Detroit hardcore. It's like it's a scary music made by scary people. <laughs> you know, that's the way I used to put it. As <laughs> like back in the day, um, that's uh, that's cool. <laughs> that's an understatement. You fucking know you're scary. What are you talking about? You a spider on your head. Well, you you got a skull on your arm. True. What the hell's up with that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so what is your fascination with fucking spider? You like spiders? You said yeah. you had a spider. What kind of spider you got? A big old tarantula? Not at the moment. I've no. had I've had them though. Oh, oh man, they're scary. Like, have you always just been into tarantulas or is there other, yeah, other I've, animals? I, no, I just you know I, I I just I just like them, man. You know. I feel like I'm crawling on you and shit. Uh. Not particularly. <laughs> I'm not like, wow, I need this spider to crawl on me, but, but uh, 
I no. mean, if I had a tarantula, I would let it, you know. That's fucking... Why not? No, why not? Because it can fucking bite you? And they're just No, not really. Scary man. looking, man. I mean, there's... I think there's really only a couple of species that are um, aggressive to, to the extent that they want to bite you. But other than that, uh, they don't they don't bite. Uh, you'd be kind of like an asshole to get it to bite you? Well, yeah, you would have to really... The same thing with a dog, man. Okay. You start punching okay. a dog or something, he's going to try to bite you. Yeah, okay. Well, that's you know a good I mean? way to put They're just... A lot scarier looking than a dog. How about that? Yo, it spiders... depends on how you look at it. It's all, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> that's it. Well, I mean, that's one way to put it. But I've always been, like, fucking spiders scare the fuck out of me. I had a snake. I had a fucking red-tailed boa, like a four-and-a-half-foot-long one for a while. Well, that's scary. What the fuck's up with that? Dude? I know, dude. I was so afraid. Like, it's because my friend had to get rid of it. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, I'm cool with like, the Like, how could you snake. hold a snake? <laughs> I was so terrified. That's ridiculous. I was so fucking scared. Every time oh, okay. I'd have to feed it, I'd have to, you know, because you got to put it in a different cage to feed it so it doesn't, like, associate its house with its food. You know, you have to separate it. And uh, so you, we'd put it in this, like, a cardboard box. You got to fucking throw a rat in there, you know, <laughs> let it fucking kill it. But it was so scary because we had to put, like, a towel, like, on its head and fucking grab it and, fu- and bring it over to the box. And it was fucking terrifying every time because i had like a two-year-old at the time my whole family was like get that fucking thing out of your house before it eats your son funny story i had a i had a ball python and um i gave him to a buddy of mine and uh this dude he lived in the basement of his mom's place and it got out of the cage and uh and disappeared right (laughs) so um like literally a month went by a month and he doesn't know, didn't know what happened to the snake. It was just disappeared. And a month went by, and he was like doing laundry or something. And he looked over towards the floor, and the damn snake, his head was like poking out of the drywall of the of the wall. So he's coming looking for food or whatever. He was living in the walls for that month or whatever. Oh yeah. He came out, man, skinny like a like a like a toothpick, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he, he he got out. He was in the walls at a at a basement for a while, Fuck. and uh, he got him. He started feeding him again and got him fat. And, yeah, but yeah, it was funny. I had three turtles over there in that fucking tank, and one time, uh, one of them got out somehow. Somehow, well, I keep the water high because they snapping turtles. No, 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 little baby, ready snapping at you. <laughs> but the turtles are scary. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with a turtle. What are you? Doing? Are you crazy? You got yeah, turtles here. I'm a fucking maniac. About what do you think? No, uh. One time it crawled out and it was gone. We didn't notice. And we feed him a few times a week, but uh, it was gone. I went back. I was, Where the fuck is the third turtle at? And we're like, it's just gone. We looked all over the place. And like three weeks later, I went in my laundry room to do fucking kicked it across the floor because it was on the ground. I didn't see it. I just fucking kicked it. It scared the shit out of me. But it was alive and it went to fucking chill. And I'm sure it was eating like fucking centipedes and shit or something. But uh, it was uh, weird just to see a, a turtle three weeks later on your floor you know when you thought it fucking died in the corner somewhere but that was uh it's very weird very strange beast but uh i don't know man we fucking covered quite a bit in a good hour and a half here an hour so um like you said you're coming on here because you're gonna be hopefully eventually doing some vinyl and some yep. merch, hopefully, yep. eventually. You know, in time, in time, you gotta be patient with this shit right now, cause yep. fucking orders are backed up for everybody. And uh, I yeah, think... I want to release uh, Clockwork Misery on vinyl, and Fraternal Order of Felons on vinyl, and I'm gonna be doing a couple of different shirts. Um, 
you know, get out there for the kids. Yeah. Is it going to be like uh, like the same shirts or is it going to be some fucking new ideas? Uh, Pretty much the same. Pretty much, uh, you know. Yeah. Pretty much the same. Good. Uh, well, artwork. The, the cla- well, do you want to keep it? Didn't your cousin do a lot of the artwork as well, or, or almost all of it, or what? Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he did most of it. Well, he when memory of him, you want to fucking just keep it OG, right? Yeah, keep it OG. Why not? Yeah, I don't blame you. That's a fucking good idea. It's all. It's like hating skull. You know, it's fucking recognizable anywhere. You know, and yeah. And how many people in fuck hardcore have the fucking skull tattooed on them? A lot. Um, because all the shit you posted over the past few months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, got to keep that shit going. Yeah. Um, so, I think we covered it all. I don't think I have any more questions for you. And I appreciate you taking the time. For sure, uh, man. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cool that over the years you can just fuck come back and talk about it. And anybody, whoever ever gave a fuck or will give a fuck will hopefully find this conversation interesting because yeah. Hey Inc. was an interesting band and the whole CTYC you know, yeah, yeah. Fucking legends man it's fucking hardcore legends everybody knows about CTYC were you uh was that already started before you came around or was it all one yes. a, a one collective idea so you just happened to and show up it was already already a thing CTYC yeah yeah they already had it going um I just kind of like uh you know, befriended all of them and um, was just kind of, you know, cool in the crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I hear all this. I was invited to the party. <laughs> You're invited to the fucking party. I was invited to the party. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, is there anything you want to anything you want to say? Give any shout outs or any words of wisdom to the young kids who may hear this? Yeah, I want to say, um, you know, again, about the vinyl records. Uh, fraternal and clockwork um i'm looking to put those out uh i'm gonna do that um either on my own or if someone approaches me that wants to help me do it uh is welcomed and uh i'm gonna be putting out some shirts and some merch too also um help out uh roger moret uh with uh medical expenses or whatever for what he's going through Roger is a brother. I love him to death, and um, he's been going through a lot, man. Um, so you kids out there, if you can help uh, donate to uh, you know his, you know for for his benefit, really for for his medical bills and stuff, that would be amazing. He's been fighting cancer a long fucking time. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, other than that, man, just uh, stay up, be safe, stay strong. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the time. Go to church, motherfuckers. Go to church. That's it. All right, let me end this shit. I got a piss. Come on, fuck. How about that? And have a beer. Yeah, buddy.